Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is John chapter 19. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus and the cross that he was willing to die on for my sins. Sorry that what I have done caused his death. Pray this through Jesus. Amen. John 19 So then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged, and the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and placed it on his head, and put a purple robe on him, and were coming up to him and saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And were giving him slaps in the face. And Pilate came outside again and said to them, Behold, I am bringing him outside to you, so that you will know that I find no basis for an accusation against him. Then Jesus came outside wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and he said to them, Behold the man! So when they saw him, the chief priests and the officers shouted, saying, Crucify! Crucify! Pilate said to them, You take him and crucify him, for I do not find a basis for an accusation against him. The Jews replied to him, We have a law, and according to the law he ought to die, because he made himself out to be the Son of God. So when Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid, and he entered into the governor's residence again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus did not give him an answer. So Pilate said to him, Will you not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you, and I have authority to crucify you? Jesus replied to him, You would not have any authority over me unless it was given to you from above. For this reason, the one who handed me over to you has greater sin. From this point on, Pilate was seeking to release him. But the Jews shouted, saying, If you release this man, you are not a friend of Caesar. Everyone who makes himself out to be a king opposes Caesar. So Pilate, when he heard these words, brought Jesus outside and sat down on the judgment seat in the place called the Stone Pavement, but Gabbatha in Aramaic. Now, it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, Behold, your king. Then those shouted, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests replied, We do not have a king except Caesar. So then he handed him over to them in order that he could be crucified. So they took Jesus, and carrying for himself the cross, he went out to the place called the place of a skull, which is called Golgotha in Aramaic, where they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side, and Jesus in the middle. And Pilate also wrote a notice and placed it on the cross, and it was written, Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. So many of the Jews read this notice because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. Then the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but he said I am the king of the Jews. Pilate replied, What I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his clothing and made four shares, for each soldier a share, and the tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven from the top in a single piece. So they said to one another, 
Let us not tear it apart, but cast lots for it, to see whose it will be. So that the scripture would be fulfilled that said, They divided my garments among themselves, and for my clothing they cast lots. Thus the soldiers did these things. Now his mother and the sister of his mother, Mary the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene were standing near the cross of Jesus. So Jesus, seeing his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing there, said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that now at last everything was completed, in order that the scripture would be fulfilled, said, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there, so they put a sponge full of sour wine on a branch of hyssop and brought it to his mouth. Then, when he had received the sour wine, Jesus said, It is completed. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Then the Jews, because it was the day of preparation, so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was an important day, asked Pilate that their legs could be broken and they could be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus, after they saw he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and blood and water came out immediately. And the one who has seen it has testified, and his testimony is true. And that person knows that he is telling the truth, so that you also may believe. For these things happened in order that the scripture would be fulfilled. Not a bone of his will be broken. And again another scripture says, They will look on the one whom they have pierced. And after these things, Joseph, who was from Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but a secret one for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate allowed it, so he came and took away his body. And Nicodemus, the one who had come to him formerly at night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about a hundred pounds. So they took the body of Jesus and wrapped it in strips of linen cloth with the fragrant spices, as is the Jews' custom to prepare for burial. Now there was a garden at the place where he was crucified, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one was yet buried. So there, on account of the day of preparation of the Jews, because the tomb was close by, they buried Jesus. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. At the end of chapter 18, Pilate tried to get Jesus released, but the crowd wouldn't have it, and asked for Barabbas instead. Now Pilate has Jesus flogged, and it seems that he's hoping that will be enough punishment for the Jews, and they will be satisfied. Pilate says, Behold the man! Perhaps John is thinking along the lines of Paul in Romans 5, where he calls Jesus the last Adam. Jesus is the man who receives the punishment, freeing us from the sin that started with the first man, Adam. The Jews still want Jesus crucified, and they finally tell Pilate why. Because he made himself out to be the Son of God. Pilate asks Jesus, Where are you from? It sounds like Pilate is wondering, there really is something to this claim of being the Son of God. Jesus doesn't answer that question. Pilate tells Jesus he has the power here, and Jesus tells him that Pilate only has power because it was given to him from above. It is a reminder that the power is not his to use selfishly, but for the purpose of the one who gave it. 
Pilate is probably thinking of Caesar here. I'm sure Jesus is thinking of God. So the Jews play on Pilate's fear of displeasing Caesar and say that because Jesus claimed to be a king, he's against Caesar. So Pilate proclaims, Behold your king. Another true statement. Jesus is the king who will reign forever. The chief priests replied, We do not have a king except Caesar. They are saying truly that God is not their king. So Pilate hands Jesus over to be crucified between two criminals. Pilate puts a charge over Jesus. Jesus the Nazarene, the king of the Jews. I wonder if Pilate put the part about the Nazarene, that Jesus was from Nazareth, to soothe his own mind about where Jesus came from, since he was bothered by the idea that Jesus is the Son of God. We know from the beginning of the book of John that Nazareth wasn't considered a good place to be from. So this is an insult to the Jews that their king would be from Nazareth. The leaders want to change the wording, but Pilate says it stays. Perhaps he wants to get back at them a bit for forcing his hand to have Jesus killed. John points out that the soldiers cast lots for Jesus' tunic, directly fulfilling Psalm 22. John mentions this statement of Jesus on the cross. Woman, behold your son, and behold your mother. Again called the disciple whom he loved, which we assume to be John, Jesus is making sure that his mother will be cared for. Jesus' final words, It is completed, mean far more than just his life. He completed his mission. The plan of redemption has been completed. Sin has been paid for. The Jewish leaders don't want people hanging on crosses on an important Sabbath day, so they asked Pilate to hurry the execution along and break the legs of the criminals. This would cause them to die more quickly, so that they can be taken down and not spoil the Sabbath day. So the soldiers did as they were told, but found that Jesus was already dead. They pierced his side to verify that he was dead. John gives us the eyewitness testimony that he saw it himself, and that this fulfills scripture. Joseph of Arimathea asks for the body of Jesus, and John adds that Nicodemus helps bury Jesus, and brings a hundred pounds of spices, which would be worth a lot of money. Also, a new tomb was very expensive. Jesus was a rich man in his death. And now for a deeper dive. Let's read Isaiah 53, where all of this was prophesied. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of Yahweh been revealed? For he went up like a shoot before him, and like a root from dry ground. He had no form and no majesty that we should see him, and no appearance that we should take pleasure in him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering and acquainted with sickness. And like one from whom others hide their faces, he was despised and we did not hold him in high regard. However, he was the one who lifted up our sicknesses, and he carried our pain. Yet we ourselves assumed him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, crushed because of our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his wounds... We were healed. All of us have wandered about like sheep. We have each turned to his own way, and Yahweh let fall on him the iniquity of us all. 
He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was brought like a lamb to the slaughter, and like a sheep is dumb before its shearers, so he did not open his mouth. He was taken by restraint of justice, and who concerned himself with his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. He received a blow because of the transgression of my people. He made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet Yahweh was pleased to crush him. He made him sick. If he places his life a guilt offering, he will see offspring. He will prolong days, and the will of Yahweh will succeed in his hand. From the trouble of his life he will see. He will be satisfied. In his knowledge the righteous one, my servant, shall declare many righteous, and he is the one who will bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion among the many, and with the strong ones he will divide bounty, because he poured out his life to death and was counted with the transgressors, and he was the one who bore the sin of many and will intercede for the transgressors. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible, copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexum is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.